Chapter Four of the Life of Saint Paul. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Life of Saint Paul by Francis Alice Forbes. Chapter Four by Land and Sea. The faithful at Antioch were preparing by a season of prayer and fasting for an approaching feast when the Holy Spirit spoke to the chief pastors amongst them. Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them, was the heavenly message. Whereupon the elders, laying their hands upon the two apostles in solemn consecration, sent them forth to spread the faith of Christ. Taking ship in the harbor of Seleucia, they sailed out on the blue waters of the Mediterranean to where, fanned by soft sea breezes and crowned with a forest of cedar and cypress to which he owed her name, the island of Cypress lay midway between the shores of the great sea. Landing at Salamis, they preached in the synagogues throughout the island, and so came in due time to Paphos on the western coast, famous as the seat of the Roman government and the center of the worship of Venus the rumor that two distinguished strangers were giving public disputations throughout the island came to the ears of sergius paulus the roman proconsul he sent a courteous invitation to barnabas and paul to discourse before him upon their new philosophy the more educated romans no longer believed in the pagan gods and goddesses of greece and rome but the soul of man tends ever upwards and craves for something to satisfy its aspirations thus it had come to pass that the roman governor had made a friend of a jewish astrologer and magician named bar jesus who called himself by the pretentious name of elymas or the wise man a student of nature and learned in the uncanny arts of the orientals he used his knowledge to impress men with the idea that he possessed supernatural powers the news of the apostles arrival filled him with alarm if these men were once allowed to gain the ear of the proconsul, his influence would be in danger, and he had no intention of losing his important position as friend and counselor at the Roman court. A large gathering assembled to hear the stranger's discourse. Their opening speech made a visible impression on the governor, whilst the arguments that Elymas brought forward against them failed altogether in their effect. Losing at last both his temper and his discretion, the wise man turning to his noble patron spoke hotly against the newcomers and declared their teaching to be entirely false for paul god's moment had come at antioch and in the jewish synagogues he had been content to take the second place but here in the court of the roman governor he a roman citizen and the chosen apostle of the gentiles felt the spirit moving him to speak with flashing eyes he confronted the man who was trying to turn a soul from the truth and denounced him as the tool of satan and now behold he cried the hand of the lord is upon thee and thou shalt be blind for a time not seeing the sun a great fear fell upon the assembly as paul ceased speaking and elymas stretched out groping hands into the darkness for help the power of god was visibly with the strangers and the proconsul himself was their first convert. Their ministry at Paphos ended. The missionaries set sail for.
of the province of pamphylia in asia minor which was to be the next stage in their journey but the low-lying fever-stricken coast of pamphylia following closely on the strain of the conflict at paphos proved fatal to st paul who was attacked by illness it was resolved to give up for the present the idea of preaching in pamphylia and to strike northwards into the roman province of galatia where the fresh mountain breezes would give the invalid the best chance of recovery this plan however seems to have been strongly objected to by mark who refused to go on with the apostles and returned to jerusalem it was no doubt a serious undertaking to cross the mountains infested as they were by robbers into a wild and unknown country and one might well have daunted a less enterprising spirit than that of st paul none the less the leader of the little band was deeply hurt at what he considered the desertion of his companion the looking back of one who had put his hand to the plough over hill and mountain journeyed the two apostles through the scanty pasture lands broken here and there by a sheet of water where the wild swans curved their shining necks to admire their own reflection and the storks stood meditatively on one leg amongst the reeds here and there the flat-roofed huts of a miserable little village met the eyes of the travellers or in the evening the distant glow of a watch-fire on the hills surrounded by a cluster of shepherds tents reminded them of the birth-night of that master for love of whom they had left country and kinsfolk to become homeless wanderers upon the earth in perils of robbers in perils in the wilderness in perils in the sea in labor and painfulness in hunger and thirst in cold and nakedness at last they came to the stately city of pisidian antioch with its mingled population of romans orientals and jews and entering the synagogue upon the sabbath day took their places in the seats set apart for those who desired to address the congregation the jewish rulers were not slow to mark the presence of the strangers men and brethren they said if you have any word of exhortation to the people speak then paul arose and claiming the attention of the congregation with the vivid gesture of the hand so often mentioned by st luke preached to them the gospel of christ a breathless hush fell upon the assembly as he spoke when the apostles left the synagogue they were beset by a surging crowd thirsting for further knowledge the gentile proselytes spread the news among their pagan townsfolk when the apostles made their next appearance in the synagogue it could not contain the multitudes that had gathered to see and hear them the rulers of the jews were not a little vexed at the turn things were taking they had succeeded in the course of many years in making only a few proselytes and these mostly women whereas the whole city was running after these strangers who seemed to think as much of the gentiles as of the chosen people when paul began his exhortation and they marked the deep interest and in the rapt faces of the congregation their vexation developed into something warmer still rising abruptly from their seats they contradicted openly the words of the apostle hoping thus to put a stop to his preaching 
the indignation shown by the congregation at this untimely interruption only served as a goad to their fury casting off all restraint they broke out into blasphemies against the name of jesus patience and endurance had gone far enough solemnly turning on their opponents the apostles reminded them that the word had in the first place been preached to them since you reject it and deem yourselves unworthy of eternal life they said behold we turn to the gentiles shaking the dust of the synagogue from their feet they left the building followed by a rejoicing crowd eager to embrace the faith but the jews were not in a mood to take their defeat calmly they determined to ruin these men whom they already hated with all the bitterness of their race they found the tools they needed in the noble roman ladies who had become their proselytes and who urged on by their persuasions undertook to prejudice the roman rulers against the strangers it was easy enough to suggest that such men were a danger to law and order always a powerful argument with a roman in a short space of time an order was issued banishing the newcomers from antioch and the surrounding country paul and barnabas therefore departed but they left behind them a thriving christian community filled with joy and the holy spirit in iconium the next galatian city which they visited and where they remained for some time the events of pisidian antioch repeated themselves their preaching was fruitful and the converts many god showed his presence with his servants by several miracles but as the little body of disciples grew so did the jealous spite of the jews who would not receive god's message a plot was set on foot to scourge and stone the apostles who being warned in time fled to lystra and derby two cities in galatia in the district which was called lyconia here were there were no synagogues amongst a simple country folk who still believed in the ancient gods of greece and rome it might be expected that the missionaries would be left in peace to pursue their ministry for a time indeed it was so but not for long the apostles were preaching in lystra among the crowd which had assembled to hear them was a poor man who had been a cripple from his birth the eyes of paul searching the faces of the listeners for an answering gleam of faith fell on the lame man lying before him arise he said suddenly stand upright on thy feet and the cripple leaped and walked the crowd broke out into cries of astonishment and wonder the gods are come down amongst us they shouted deciding at once that barnabas was jupiter and paul mercury conscious of the tumult but not understanding what was said as the people spoke in their own lyconian tongue the apostles withdrew quietly from the crowd whilst the populace flocked joyfully to the temple of jupiter outside the city to tell the good tidings to the priests in all haste the sacrificial bulls were brought out and decked with garlands while the priests white-robed and flower-crowned led them in solemn procession to the gate of the city there to offer sacrifice to the gods who had revealed themselves to men the truth at last dawned on the apostles rushing out to meet the procession they rent their garments in horror at the thought of the intended sacrilege 
we are but men like yourselves they cried whose message to you is that you should give up these superstitions and worship the one true god but the lystrans had no intention of giving up the festival and were in no mood to listen to their preaching it was only with the greatest difficulty that the sacrifice was prevented and the people dispersed angry and sullen to their homes it was at this moment that there appeared in lystra a little band of jews from pisidian antioch and iconium who had resolved to dog the footsteps of the apostles and to hinder if possible their mission it was easy enough for them to work upon the discontent of the people assuring them that the strangers were impostors their miracles nothing but a trick and their teaching so mischievous that they had narrowly escaped a stoning at the hands of the respectable citizens of iconium egged on by these bitter enemies of christ the people fell upon paul in the streets of the city and having stoned him cast his bleeding body outside their walls believing him to be dead but there were some in lystra in whose hearts the teaching of the apostles had found a quick response hearing the sad news they hastened to the spot to perform the last rites for their beloved master to their unutterable joy they found him alive and able with their help to return to the city there was one house at least in lystra where paul would ever be a welcome guest it was that of eunice a jewess who with her mother lois and her young son timothy had been amongst the first to embrace the faith lystra was no longer a safe place for the apostles and in all haste they departed returning by the same way as they had come they stayed for a time in every city where they had preached the faith confirming the brethren reminding them that through much tribulation they must enter the kingdom of god and ordaining elders to minister to the christian communities which they were leaving behind them then coming down to purge in pamphylia they preached to the people of those parts also after which taking ship at atalia they set sail for antioch in syria the starting point and the end of their journey end of chapter four recording by john brandon